So I'm driving here in the morning, and I pull up. The sun's just rising. There's a young lady here that uh, we're so blessed that keeps the church and the church grounds clean and upkept and just ready and prepared for us to come in. She's here working just busily, just making sure everything just looks good, smells good. Pull in, get into my office, and Pastor Larry comes in. He starts setting up worship. And then Greg, the adult teacher, he, he comes in, and he starts setting up his class. And then another teacher, and then an usher, and then another usher. And then, then Jonathan and some of the kids start coming in, and they, they seek me out every Sunday. And, hey, what's up? Where are you at? I thought you were hiding on me. And it's just, it, it, it's so awesome. And, the morning plays out, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the unseen things that happen um, with any place, but, but, but church, you know, and um, our hearts are preparing to receive the body, if you will. And God has equipped us to do that. He's given us a heart to serve, a heart to be a part of your life and, uh, of course, each other's life. And it's just awesome. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought about it this morning during worship time and um, how we can just really take that deep breath. I mean, we need to take a deep breath. And we need to just just go, all right, God, you're God, you know? And and, and take time to listen and to be still. And um, I don't know, I just wanted to share that this morning. I just, I reflected on that. And I, I praise God for those he equips and he gifts and gives talents to. I really do. Um, you know, because man, if I had to do it all, it probably smelly when you came in. <laughs> I'm just saying, because uh, I because I I can't do as good as job as that. And plus, anyway, God doesn't want me to do everything, nor you. We're in it together. So we're going to continue our journey moving toward Christ. And our actual vision for this year that I shared last week, I'm going to continue with that. And our vision for this year is equipping the saints, strengthening our families, and growing our faith. And as we move closer to Christ, we help others move closer to Christ also. I mean, that's it. That In the simplest form, that's our vision for this year as a church body, Four Corners Baptist Church. So today, though, I'm going to skip a stone. In these items here, I'm going to spend this week talking about equipping the saints in brevity, just, just, just an outline. Next week, strengthening our families, then growing in faith. And from there, we're going to start digging in and being equipped in those areas. But for today, we're talking about equipping the saints. I want us to watch this video. Um, I like videos because sometimes they just speak to me. This year will be different. This year will be different. This year will be different. This year, I need to eat less. You know what? I do solemnly swear that this year I will lose 10 pounds, or at least five. Five is the magic number. That's how many times I want to visit my grandmother this year, which would be five more than last year. Learn to wait. I always want things instantly. I need patience. Now, this year I'll be nicer to my parents. What, Mom? Get off my back. I just need peace in my life. I'm just so nervous all the time. I just, I'm twitching. Three kids. I'm a twitcher. 
I'm twitching. I twitch. I just can't seem to get my pits to stop sweating. Can you can you see this? Look, when did I become the human leak? I mean, I know I've got some stress about my future and everything, but why can't I just be like everyone else and you conceal it? Okay, I'll just have to fake it till I make it. And I'll be better than I've ever been in my entire life. If I'm going to make this year count, I have to do some things differently. To pay time. Make some goals this year. Just three, not ten. Stop judging people who aren't like me. Stop snapping at my kids. Dream. Character over image. Learn that I'm loved, but not entitled. God, did you forget about me? I'm here. Just show me what to do. Give me the strength to change. What am I saying? I don't, I don't even know if I want to change, God. I'm comfortable. I have a good life. I know. You want the best for me. So why don't I want the best for me? Starting tomorrow, using my gifts and talents, I'm going to live my life differently. God's way. I'm tired of keeping this great gift. A secret. Can I tell you a secret? I feel like I'm separated from something. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But whatever I need, it's bigger than this world can offer. I offer my life, God. It's something much more than what I can see. So please, God, would you just take this little bit of faith that I have? I just can't wait another year. You know, last uh, Sunday, I started talking about dreaming, and sometimes our dreams are so big, we, we just don't know how to articulate it, right? Remember the video about the, the young boy, if you were here last week, and he just he couldn't get it out. He couldn't put it in words. And uh, I, think, I think really we all want things to be different most of the time, you know? I'm not saying we all have regrets, although probably all of us have some regrets in life and things like that, but the bottom line is... You know, we're created in the image of God. And, and listen, we have it within us, like they were saying on the video, to want more. And it doesn't mean necessarily mean more for me or selfishness. It, we want more. God has us to, 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 to be a part of who he's created us to be. And, and we're going to discover today in the area of equipping that that's exactly what can happen that we can have his word speaking to our life through different individuals or together, working together, and understand more who God wants us to be. So it's okay to dream, and it's okay to have desires to get the best out of life. So first I want to start with a little definition. What does equipping the saints mean? That's out of Ephesians. And I, I, I spent like 10, 15 minutes trying to find a definition on, on the web. You'd think it'd be really easy. I actually couldn't. I mean, one that wasn't, you know, 100 words. And, and, I, and so finally, I just made my own up, if you will, for lack of a better way to say it. Here's how I will define equipping. To intentionally help others to prepare themselves to engage God's fullest potential for the body of Christ. I mean, simple, right? That's equipping. That, that we might equip or be equipped by the word of God and by those that God puts in our life and our body. 
to come to our fullest potential. I'm, I'm a very interactive person, most of you know. <laughs> I'm serious. Who really wants to live the best you can to the fullest potential God has for you? Raise your hand. And I know, I know it might be a no-brainer. I know. But you know what? It always will take action on our part from our heart to get anywhere with God. Some kind of action. I don't mean physical necessarily. It might even be a spiritual one. So then I came around to this definition for us personally. To intentionally help others to prepare themselves to engage God's fullest potential for their life. For our personal life. That's equipping. So we start off with Jesus. Anyone ever hear the name Jesus? Woohoo! 32 years old. Go to Northridge Church. First time I ever heard Jesus. First time ever anyone ever shared, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And some of you are saying, Tony, I've heard this before. Awesome. You're going to hear it every week. Can never stop giving God praise for invading my heart, ever. And I praise him seriously. That's been many years ago. I can't even count. I lose track. 24, 25, 26 years ago. And it still is fresh in my heart today. It really is. Because I've been equipped. And I want to grow closer. And I desire to grow closer to him. Jesus comes on the scene. And in Matthew 4.19, it says this. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Referring to Peter and Andrew. And then it continues in verse 21. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him, referring to James and John. So Jesus comes on the scene. He walks up, in this case, to these fishermen, which were not disciples yet, right? I mean, we know that, but kind of remind us, they were like us. It'd be like, you know, Trish, come and follow me, you know? You get what I'm saying? You know, just Jesus comes up, and he goes up to Peter and Andrew and John, James. He goes, hey. You know, like, hey, Peter, his name's really Pete. <laughs> Come and follow me. And and the next thing you know, he doesn't go, well, wait, you know, wait a minute. No, no, let me check this out. You know, I mean, make, it makes excuses. What does the word say? Now, now they had some reference to Jesus. I, I get, there might be some question to that, but really, I, they did. You know, the, 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 the fishermen, I'm going to call them because they're not disciples yet until they follow um, but they had a reference to Jesus. They didn't, you know, it wasn't because he's Jesus, they, because we have a tendency to go there. But it's because he was Jesus that people followed him, or because it was Jesus. No, no listen to me. Now, he was Jesus, so, I mean, there's a certain part of that that's, that's true and accurate. But I have Christ in me. Right? All right. So, Jesus comes on the scene. He says, come and follow me. The word tells me they left what they were doing, and they followed him. So Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they all had a choice. Stay fishing or do what they have always done or be equipped to do what God wanted them to do. It's a choice. I'm kind of black and white a lot of times. And, and I guess I do that to try to be clear. But, but I know there's circumstances and times and seasons of times and sometimes we have a tendency to, to draw closer to God and sometimes we have a tendency to fade. Okay, I understand all that. But bottom line is, they had a choice. Either follow him or not. Why? Because Jesus says what he did. He said, come and follow me. It wasn't yes, no, maybe. And they, they, they'd stopped in this case and they followed him. 
something that's interesting as I look at this, Jesus called the fishermen, again, what we know as disciples, from where they were at in life too. You guys, no matter where we're at in life, listen, because this, this will trip us up. Not everyone, but most. I'm not good enough, or, when I, or wait till I get better, then I can do what God wants. You just don't understand, Pastor Tony. You know, I'm not at a place, and I do this, I do that. I have these thoughts, I do these things. I can't follow Jesus right now. I might have put my trust in him, or maybe you haven't, but even those that believe in Christ, sometimes we have a tendency to just fade and not engage what he has for us because, you know what, deep down inside, we just, we just know we really shouldn't be doing certain things, but we just don't know how to push through them. It's kind of like the New Year's resolu- resolutions. You know, I, I, I'm serious. It's new for me, too. Every year, it just reminds me. It refreshes me. And I go, you know, this year I want these things to change, and I dream about them. I don't make so many resolutions, but I still do. I do. I dream. And I say, this can be different. I know it can be different. I'm reminded it's new. And then I fade. Jesus used their existing talents and equipped them right where they're at. And that's what he wants for us guys. He does. Jesus equipped his disciples because now they've joined him. He equipped them to look to the Father. We know that. Every time Jesus turned around, what was he saying? I'm not doing what I do. I'm doing what the Father. I'm looking at the Father. He's my example. He points to God. He points to God. He points to God. Jesus taught or equipped his disciples to know how to respond to religion. Anyone here ever get hung up in religion or religious things? Do you know what I mean by that? Equipping will help in that area. Because sometimes it's hard, especially in our culture today, to to separate what is religion or religious It really is compared to who we are in our walk with Christ. Jesus equipped his disciples to encourage one another in the faith. Jesus equipped his disciples to edify the body, which means, you know, the church, to instruct, to build up. And then Jesus equipped his disciples to bring vision, focus, and unity. I'm throwing a a stone this morning, you guys. You know, I just want to give us an overview of, of what equipping is. And like I say, we're going to be digging into this throughout this year. So how do we know if God's calling you? Do you believe in Jesus as your Savior? How do you know if God's calling you? I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I mean, not that you would probably mind. I'm just saying. Do you believe Jesus is your Savior? So if the question is, well, how do I know if God's calling me? And you believe Jesus is your Savior? And then you've been called. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Bible says that Jesus physically, of course, approached these fishermen and said, come and follow me. But you know what? It's just a great of a thing, if you will, that when the spirit of God reveals the word of God to our heart and, and that spirit says in his word, come and follow me. So for us in this room that have been called, here we go. Equipping is an intentional act. We are called, first and foremost, literally. We are made. We don't naturally become a Christ follower. Just because I came to a place where I repented and believed and put my trust in Christ as my Savior doesn't automatically make me like Christ. I mean, you know, again, some of this stuff seems simple, but... We just need to be reminded about that. Who here has been saved over 20 years? Okay. 
Do you not sometimes struggle with uh, someone that's been saved a year thinking they should be way further than they have? It took you 20 years to get there, but the one that's a year old, you're just kind of going, whoa, what's your problem? You ever do that? Come on. Yeah, it just doesn't happen overnight. We're made, and we're made and equipped in those ways, and that's by the equipping of Christ and his word. And God, the the spirit that reveals his word, the revelation of the word of God to us. And we must decide just because we're called and just because we know God is the one in his word through his word and his spirit that we grow in him and we're equipped in him, we, we still have a decision to make. We're going to trust God or not. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying we're perfected, but come on, as, you know, as we grow in the word of God and spirit of God quickens our hearts, we have to literally say, I will decide to follow God or Jesus. And then it's more than a decision. Someone ever cut you off in traffic and you made a decision not to yell back at them? The next thing you know, words are flying out of your mouth. (laughs) Right? You know, so just because we know we're called, just because we know God's the one that needs to make us more like Christ, we can't. And just because we decide or say we decide to follow him, if we don't. Okay, I'm seeing you. You're good. So God calls you right where you're at in life. God knows who you are. He knows. He knows me. Right? Right where I am. He desires to use your talents, my talents. Why? Why would God desire to use your talents? Because he created you and he gave them to you. (laughs) Right? How? Okay, enough said. I. He gives you spiritual gifts. That day I put my trust in him. He's, he supernaturally, spiritually gifted me for his glory. Why? To increase your faith, my faith, your trust in him. So when we are equipped, we are strengthened. Okay, I'm, I'm going to hit a little bit of scripture here in a minute. So I'm going to be reading a little bit. So I don't want, this is where I'm going to make sure we, I don't lose you or me in my walk with Christ. As hard as it is to understand, as a Christ follower, if, I, if I'm not being equipped and growing in his word and being equipped to use my gifts and talents for his glory, there's not a man or woman alive that won't fade from God. The only way we're strengthened, the only way we can have true peace and have the empowerment of the word of God in our life you guys, is to actually be doing these things we're talking about, equipping us, following him. I mean, don't you sometimes find yourself thinking you can do it yourself? And I mean that. Don't, don't you? You know, and we just, we kind of fade sometimes. And then we, we wander and our heart starts to hurt and we start thinking we'll be okay anyway. Oh, it just hit me. It just hit me. I'm a picture person. There's like these videos that play in my head. I'm not strange. It's just some of you know what I mean. There was this young lady at a store, and she was talking to another lady, and she said, um, "She said, you know, I just gave up on, on you. She, I used to be so OCD, as the clerk talking to a, a person checking out, about watching movies, and I'd be so careful about what I watched, what my family watched. I'd be so careful. I'd be so careful. And she goes, before you knew it, there was nothing to watch. So she said, you know what? It's just okay. As long as it's entertaining, I just let my family watch what they want. And my heart broke. 
And I wanted to, I don't know, I don't have like a collar thing with a white thing. I don't have a hat. I, I have a coat that says I love Jesus. But I just really just with a sincere heart wanted to say, no. Don't, don't you give up like that? You don't need to be entertained like that. And we just do. Sometimes we give up and we, we just think it's easier to follow the path of least resistance. And it's just not. Equipment engages our God-given potential. It changes the course of our life. It heals the brokenhearted, it comforts the sick, strengthens our family, and grows our faith. It does. He does. You want to see God move? So, you know, I don't, don't respond to this one, but a lot of times it's not a fair question. Who here wants revival? Oh, my gosh, hands normally go up, and I believe there's some sincerity there. Follow God, be equipped, be a body, come, become unified. God still does these things, whether we, we see them currently in most of our churches or the United States or whatever. Maybe, maybe we're not seeing them like we could. Allow God to equip us and come together as a body, and he'll go before us. These things will happen. Walk worthy of your calling. Ephesians 4 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in, say it, in love. Whose love? The love of Christ in us. Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We're to walk. This is how the whole journey of equipping starts. We're to walk in our calling that God has given us and in his love. That's how the whole journey starts. Continues to say in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why are we equipped and how are we equipped? God gives. Again, if, if, you're, if you're someone who has, has uh, accepted Christ as your Savior, you're, you're a believer, you're saved, then, then he has called you, he has gifted you. And God gives every believer a gift. Okay, now. Not everyone's a pastor. Not everyone's an evangelist. Not every, but God has given certain gifts to people for a certain body in a certain season of time to be able to, to take his word and to edify the body, to equip the body, to take us and to remind us and to encourage us that it's okay. Go the next step. It's okay. Till when? Till we understand more of the knowledge of God more of receiving his love, more of becoming in unity, and more of seeing him work. It's how it works. You can't do it alone. Youth, I didn't ask you, but I, I hope you don't mind. I just want to, we, I brought some Jenga blocks. Jenga? Jenga blocks. And I said, okay, build a tower. Then you start building towers independently. And I said, okay, I want you to build a tower together. What do you mean? Like what? And, and there was a little bit of a struggle there. Nothing on, nothing on the youth because it, that's why I did the activity. 
But when they came together, eventually they go, okay, I don't know. I'd rather like, you know, do this myself. I want to be creative. And, but, but I kind of like equipped them and threatened them. <laughs> but to build this tower together, guess what they did? The tower that they, 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 they built, they're building by themselves. It just kind of fell down. They did good. I mean, they, I think you had like eight. You did, you did awesome. You, you won that round. <laughs> so you got like eight. But when you built it together, what was it like? It was like a fortress. You all came together and put your blocks together and instead of single. You get what I'm saying? Continues in verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftedness of deceitful plotting. That's the world. That's our flesh. That's what tries to happen. And so God, again, sends those to equip us, to help us to understand the word of God a, a little more, or, or to, I'm going to say, reflect or edify the, the Christ and the word that's in you, to bring it out. So we don't get messed up as easy. So we don't let every little thing that we hear on the news or every little thing that uh, we might hear a, a, a preacher say or someone say, that you know, just mess us up. We have a tendency to believe what we hear like on TV, for example. What? Now, half of you just went, yeah, that's crazy. And the other half went, what do you mean? Of course we believe. <laughs> okay. Continues in verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying, now watch this, of itself in love. Now that's not saying that the body of Christ is supposed to be self-edifying as in selfishness. But it's saying it's supposed to be self-edifying because the body that has an, it, it, within it the heart of Christ. When again, when again, it comes together and it, it literally uses the talents and gifts. You guys, listen, not to do your own thing, not to build your own tower. But we come together to build the tower together. And what he's saying is, there's a, I'm going to say synergy there. There's something that takes place when all the parts come together. What is it? What's scripture say? What is it? What happens when all the parts of Christ, uh, the body come together? It's okay. Causes growth. Who wants the church to grow? I'm just checking. I didn't raise my hand first because I didn't want you to follow the leader. I want the church to grow desperately, but not because of numbers. I'm serious. Because when the church grows, I'm built up too. God is glorified. Do I want the church to grow? Amen. Yeah, I want the church to grow. How do I want it to grow? Well, as an equipper, I want it to grow in his love. I want it to grow from, from a place of conversion that he might be glorified. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, and the futility of their mind, having their understanding dark, and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling has given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Can I add a little side note here again? 
I might not be talking to everyone. God knows where you've been wronged. He knows when you've been falsely accused, as he knows when I've been falsely accused. He knows when people have said things about you that weren't true, but they were believed. He knows when a co-worker told a lie about you and you were fired and it really was the co-worker that was stealing. He knows. He knows these things. And yet, sometimes these things happen in life. And, it, you know, I, I just, I have to take a deep breath. The majority of us is probably experiencing like things like that, just like I have. And the bottom line is he knows. But you know what? Right here, where it says, because of the ignorant, whoops, sorry about that. The word of God is too close to me. I have to. uh... There we go. Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling. You ever ask yourself, how could they do that to me? How could they hurt me, my family? Seriously. Or maybe we've done that before in the past. You guys, it's because our heart can get so darkened. You might think, well, how do they live with themselves? They don't have to because they're beyond the point of even caring. And you know what? I'm not even being critical. Actually, I've come to a place where I'm very sorrowful. But I can't let these things hold on to me. The one thing that will stop a believer from being equipped in their life or you growing in your life or gaining relationships and strong relationships or moving on in things in your life, will you allow these things that have come against you falsely or or not, whatever it might be, to hold you down, to hold you back? You need to allow the grace of God and, and the equipping that he offers to bring you out. He's bigger than those hurts and pains from the past. He's bigger. No, no, he's bigger. He really is. Doesn't mean you don't hurt. Doesn't mean you don't, you might not have, a, you know, you might have a time of, of, of anger, of sorrow. I get it. But you keep looking to Christ and moving forward. But you have not so learned in Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off conserving your formal conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt, according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed. If there's anyone in this morning that needs to be renewed, be renewed. We're going to pray at the end. Be renewed. It's okay. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We put on the new man. What's the new man? That which God wants us to become. I remember, I, I'm not a singer, but I sang a song with our youngest daughter, Heather, in church. And I had to really practice a lot because I'm not a singer. But I want to encourage her to sing. She's a very good singer, but she's very introverted. This was many years ago when we first started going to church. And so I said, Heather, I'll sing a song with you. Well, that helped. She goes, Dad, you don't sing. <laughs> So I practice and I practice and I practice and I and I found myself, Heather would hear me singing. She was a young lady at that time. She would hear me singing. Well, you know what I do when I practice? Well, there's certain parts I didn't like, so I'd just skip ahead. You know what I mean? I'd practice a part and then I'd skip ahead and hit that one area thinking, wow, if I can nail that, then this will sound good with my daughter. 
Finally, after many times of hearing this, Heather came into the to the front room and she goes, uh, Dad, I, I need to tell you something. How old was she? 15, 14? Uh, I need to tell you something. She said, Dad, um, I know you mean well, but if we're going to sing this song together, it needs to sound good. Number one. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, there's one thing I've learned about singing. What you practice is what you'll hear or what you'll do. She said, when you, don't, when you keep skipping ahead or you allow this, you don't make this one note the way it should be, and you think you can just go ahead and, and, and make it another way or, or, or sing the song some way else. She said, when you go to sing it, no matter how hard you try, if it's the way you practice, it's the way you'll sing it. Don't think in your mind somehow in that moment you can change it. It's the same with us. You know, don't think in, think in our mind that, you know, I'm okay for now or I can do this or I can watch this or I can, you know, kind of fade a little bit from here. And in the end, it'll be okay. We're not perfected, but it's not okay. Back up and go, no, I'm going to practice this thing called Christianity. Now hear me out because I'm going to be obedient to the Christ in me. And those times that I mess up and I fade, I'm going to come back and I'm going to sing that song again. And by, by the grace of God, I'm going to move ahead. I'm not going to get 10 years down the road and go, well, you know, I got it almost right. <laughs> Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has a need. So the one main thing I really do believe that will hinder us from being equipped in our gifts and talents is right here. Believing lies or lying. Being angry is not a sin, if you will. We're going to get angry, but it's when you hold on to it and you strike out. It's what you do with that anger. Do you give it to God? So my whole point in looking at the scripture and, and, and just again, we're kind of in brevity this morning. I'm not, I'm not really digging in context and, 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 and where this is coming from and, and, and what's happening right here specifically. But for our lives and the principle of what God has us to know is, you know, we're living life. Don't let it take us away from what God has us to do. Lying's the number one thing that will hinder us. The devil lies to us. The world lies to us. Tries everything it can do to make us believe that we're not who we are in Christ. Don't believe those lies. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's a pretty tall order right there. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away. Anyone here ever, did you get angry this week? Anyone? My hand's up. I'm just, okay. Uh, anyone, um, have bitterness in your heart toward anyone? Raise your hand if you felt like you had. Uh, anyone um, spoke evil about someone or spoke wrongly? 
Oh, come on, your hands, there's less and less going up. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But these things will, again, take us away from what God wants us to be. They really will. But we, we, need, we need to take that deep breath and be kind. We need to be tenderhearted and forgiving. Oh, my. How do you respond to a calling to be equipped? Well, you decide whether you're going to allow God to prepare you for your future, his future or not. It's a decision. You put God first in your life. You walk with God's teachers. So here's the question for this morning. Have you accepted the call? The spirit of God and the word of God makes us into the image of God. So God equips us to live out our purpose in life, to glorify him. And the bottom line is, the question is, are we willing to be equipped to do what he has for us? Now, I know this morning, PowerPoint presentation, a lot of points. I I understand that. It's kind of like, wow. But all you have to really do, again, is take a deep breath. Allow God to speak to your heart through his word, through his people. Really. The two biggest things I want to leave us with as far as what can hinder us is lying and unforgiveness. They will stop us for a saying goes dead in our tracks. It'll stop God from speaking to us. It'll stop God's people from building each other up. It just will. If you have any one of those things in your life, and I get our lives are full of that, but I'm saying that are holding you captive. You're believing a lie or you have an unforgiving heart. You must come to a place to give it to God and allow his quipping to break you free of that. It's got to happen. You will not move forward. Well, who, who are you to say that, Pastor Tony? There, the Bible, the word tells me that. For if I forgive others, I'll be forgiven. If I do not forgive others, what will happen? You will not be forgiven. That's not doing with salvation. But if I have an unforgiving heart, I cannot hear God. You guys, if my heart's full of unforgiveness, there's a filter that I just put there between my mind and my soul and the spirit of God in me. God's, God could be screaming at us. I mean, he could be putting roadblocks in front of us. He could be shutting things down. He could put floods in your life. He could do all kinds of stuff to get you to slow down, take deep breath. And we still not listen if we're not careful. Houston, I think we froze up. Oh, there we go. So what does equipping look like in real life? It helps us grow closer to God. It gives us spiritual direction. It shows us how God wants us to respond to our issues in life. It helps us to deal with relationship issues. And it helps us to know how to handle everyday problems. That's being equipped. So what's next? For some, you will hear God's call, recognize his calling to be equipped to equip you, and you will respond by putting him first in your life. And for some, you're going to hear, and you're going to go, I'm not ready. I mean, again, different seasons, different places, maybe. So I don't, I don't know exactly where we're at individually. But I do know where we're at as a body. Because we have come here this morning as a body with a heart that wants to engage God. Otherwise, you would not be here. Right? 
So in the name of Jesus, by his word, by his spirit, by his revelation, may we, when we leave here today, this morning, receive the equipping that he intends for us to get and the growth and the freedom that he has and the praise because God is good. So, for CBC, equipping that affects our future, equipping that strengthens our family, and equipping that will grow our faith. That's what we look forward to for 2019 and, and beyond, for eternity. This is my favorite part. That time where the Bible tells me in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the word of God tells me in Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. We're not saved by my words. We're not saved by me standing here. Any pastor, any, any preacher, any teacher, anyone that's a believer, we're not saved because I said so. We're saved because the word of God reveals to our heart it is so. And if you're here this morning and you just, you're, you're seeking God, you're created in his image, you know there's something missing and you, you're, you're here seeking. I don't know how else to say it, right, you know? When I, when I was not saved and I went to Northridge, guess what I did? I woke up and I had it in my heart to find God. That's all I knew. Trish said, 14 years of marriage. She goes, where are you going? I never got up on Sunday. That was the only day I slept in to nine o'clock ever. Then I went to work seven days a week for years. Where are you going? Especially I thought I had to have a suit and tie. I'm not, nothing against suit and ties, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to go find God. That's all I knew. I'm serious. That's all, all. It was just in my heart. And I went to church just like we are. And I found him by his word, someone willing to share his word. And in my heart, God told me in my heart it was true. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time. And Father, we do claim your word. And in the name of Jesus, for even one person in this room that can hear your word and my voice proclaiming your word, that your spirit would reveal to them the need to be saved. And Father, I don't know if it all works the same. I know I knew that need before I hit the doors of the church. And I, I almost believe if there's someone here, they did too. <laughs> they knew. I mean, they know they knew the need because you put it on their heart before even now, before what we call an invitation. So if that's so, Speak to them from your heart. Say, God, I need you. There is a void in my heart. You have brought me here. And, and it was to hear the good news that you sent your one and only son to pay the penalty for my sin that died on the cross, was buried, that rose again, that desires to equip me, to save me and equip me for my fullest potential in my life. And that's to glorify you. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.